In this episode of Full Nerd, Radeon something RX, got it right? <laughs> In this episode of the Full Nerd, uh, Adam talked. In this episode of Full Nerd, Radeon X. I, why did I keep on wondering? Saying <laughs> it's got too many RXs, too many Xs in this. In this episode of the Full Nerd, uh, I can't even say nerd. Ready? In this episode of the Full Nerd, Radeon RX 6900 XT review. Scalpers gonna scalp in Cyberpunk 2077. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 161. I'm your host, Gordon Maung, with co-host Brad Charkas. This week, I'm chilling Capri Sun. Oh. Eleni is here. Hi, everybody. And Adam Patrick Murray, controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, Brad, both myself and Mac Drew uh, in the chat would like to offer our condolences uh, to your chipmunk friend. Uh, very, very oh, sad to hear that about that. That was a really sad story. It really yeah, was. it was a bummer. Yeah. It's, uh, Thank maybe, you. Maybe just uh, recap what, what you had mentioned on Twitter, just for the people who don't know. Oh, I have a chipmunk buddy I've had the last couple years who made an elaborate tunnel system right outside my, my office window in my front yard. He used to sit outside on a planter, chirping all morning long while I work. Spent all you know fall building up a big stockpile. Haven't seen him for a while. Thought he was hibernating. Was cleaning up the yard and found him in a five-gallon bucket of water. So that's it was a big bummer. Fun. Actually, it was like a pet that wasn't a pet. He used to bring chipmunk. He got used to me and used to bring me acorns while I sat outside and stuff like that. So <laughs> really, well, did, alas, yeah. Did you, did you give him a name or was it just chipmunk? Chipmunk buddy, capital chipmunk C, buddy. capital B. All right. Well, the, this episode is dedicated to chipmunk buddy. Uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully there's some good news when it comes to, uh, the testing you've been doing. So all his work was not, uh, in vain. Uh, yeah. Brad, uh, we got the 6900 XT, the, the biggest, biggest Navi, uh, <laughs> reviewed, right? Yeah. That those reviews went live today. The cards also went live on the street today at the exact same time. Uh, already sold out, I believe. Not surprised. Uh, yeah. So this is a $1,000 graphics card, AMD's biggest, biggest Navi, as we said. Uh, they positioned it in all their, you know, uh, reviewer stuff and all their earlier presentations as a 3090 competitor. And it does actually stand up pretty well against the 3090. Uh, it's very, very close to the 3090 for $500 less, which is obviously the big draw. Uh, at 1440p gaming, it's... Uh, a bit bigger of a gap at 4K gaming than, you know, initially you might have thought. But overall, it's a blazing fast graphics card. It's, you know, great to see AMD competing at the high end. Uh, it doesn't have a great position for itself, I think, uh, which makes this the first graphics card of this generation. I think I did not award Netter's choice to, actually. And how many stars did you give it? Uh, three and a half. Yeah, Which, so for comparison, I gave the GeForce 3090 four stars, but Nether stores. So okay, so for the 3090, it was mostly yeah. That that price is no fun, right? Yeah, yeah. What I mean, because I when I as I see three and a half, it's like whoa. That seems like kind of like that's average. That's what people forget. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, the big deal for it is uh, the 6800 is really almost as fast. 
for $350 less. And that's really what it boils down to. Like the, this card is almost as fast as the, uh, uh, pardon me. I've been testing a lot. Uh, so yes, with the RTX 3090 at 1500 bucks, that would appeal to people who could use the 24 gigabytes of memory for content creation or NVIDIA's, you know, extensive software, CUDA and optic support for, for content creation, or for people who want the fastest graphics card in the world, price be damned. Like you just want the fastest thing possible. That's why it's 1500 bucks. This card doesn't have any of those things. Yes, it comes close to the RTX 3090, especially at 1440, if 1440p gaming, if you're getting that resolution and trying to do 1440p gaming high refresh rate or an ultra wide gaming monitor, actually I have a piece going up tomorrow. It holds up really, really well at 1440p. Uh, This is a great value compared to NVIDIA's flagship. Uh, but it's not the fastest card in the world. It's it's competitive, but it, it's not the fastest. And the RX 6800 XT is almost as fast for, and this thing costs 53% more. So I mean, well, why it's just is a that? hard is, sell. Did, did they limit power draw? Is that the, the, like the, the cooling, it just can't keep up or like what's? With what? The, wh- why the, the 6800 XT is so close to the, or can get close to the well, 6800 the, XT? These cards are both the same GPU die. Uh, the 6800 XT is the almost full fat version. It has 72 compute units in it. Uh, the 6900 XT has 80 compute units in it. Uh, it actually, this they get the best dies in the 6900 XT, so they actually have the same board power. They have identical memory configurations, so that's that's not an upsell for that either. The 6800 XT even has the same memory. Uh, so, yeah, it just, out of the box at least, it is, let me see, I got it right here. The 6900 XT is only 4.2% faster than the 6800 XT at 1440p and 6.7% faster at 4K. So, but it costs 53% more. So, yep. if you're just looking the game, it doesn't offer a tangibly different experience than 6800 XT does. And to be fair, neither does the GeForce RTX 3090. Most people shouldn't be buying that either, as I said in that review. But without those extra cherries on top that NVIDIA offers, you know, the crazy content creation chops, the fact that it is the absolute fastest in the world. And the big thing is ray tracing performance. Uh, I just think that this card loses a little bit too much with the 6800 XT being very competitive. Hmm. The ray tracing is a big deal. Uh, if you're spending $1,000 on a graphics card and it's a 4K capable graphics card, they're pitching as ultimate 4K. To not be able to play games at 4K when you turn on ray tracing, I think, is a major strike against it. Uh, not everyone, you know, wants to play with ray tracing. Uh, support is still rolling out. It's still in the young days, but we already see it in Minecraft and World of Warcraft. <clears throat> That's a lot of crafts. Uh, Cyberpunk's coming out in a few days, and it has it's loaded with all kinds of ray tracing effects, and they make a huge difference to how it feels. Like, that game is going to be a showcase for ray tracing. They work very closely with NVIDIA. Uh, it's starting to pick up steam, and AMD's lack of a DLSS competitor, they need to fix that stat, basically. that That's a major draw for gamers, I think, for this card in particular. 
Hmm. And that is because with DLSS, you can basically play at a lower res, but have it look like it's high res, right? Yeah, it renders at a lower res. It actually renders the game at a lower resolution, and then it uses the AI cores inside of the GeForce GPUs to upscale it to the resolution you're actually playing at. The first gen DLSS was kind of eh, like the Shadow of the Tomb Raider and Metro, like it looked like Vaseline sometimes. But DLS 2.0 now works like black magic. It looks great. Hmm. So, and uh, between all those things, it just doesn't stack up well, I think, versus the 3090 or the 6800 XT, leaving in like this weird nebulous nether realm kind of. So, it doesn't have a unique selling proposition like all those other cards do. So, I, I just want to point out for people who can't read the you know 9,000 word reviews that all went up everywhere this morning. Uh, Brad has a story that just has five quick things, what, what you need to know about the 6900 XT. I want to ask you about item number four. And I, you're, you're saying a RTX 3090 might actually be better option for you, even though it's 500 bucks more? Is that? Well, yeah, that ties into everything I was just saying. Let me find this actual article to see what I said. What The ray tracing. and the... Oh, yeah. For the ray tracing is a big deal. For if you do need to use this for content creation, the 16 gigabyte RAM buffer that this uh, card has will do good for 4K video editing workloads. And it's supposed to be a lot better than the Radeon 7 was in different like OpenCL tests and stuff like that. I didn't have a chance to test it. AMD did provide numbers in its reviewer's guide, which I put in my review just for people to reference in case they want that. Uh, So it should be better than the Radeon 7 was and content creators love that. But if you're looking to spend four figures for a prosumer work, you know, prosumer work and play card, the software support, all the extra 24 gigabytes of faster RAM just gives the edge to NVIDIA, even though it does cost $500 more. And if you want the fastest, like people, gamers who are buying these cards, a 3090, they don't care about price to performance. They just want performance. And AMD gets pretty damn close, especially at 1440p, but it's like 9% slower at 4K than the 3090 is. And if you're trying to get the best 4K gaming performance in the world, that 9% makes a difference. You're going to want a 3090. And then once you click on DLSS, then... Yeah. Also, on the flip side, though, I, I mean, this is terrific that AMD is able to play this high end, right? I mean, that's, it's great. People have been screaming like, hey, when's there going to be a high end option? And, and sure, it's not blowing NVIDIA out of the water, but at least <laughs> there's options now. So if, if you're like, hey, you know what? I want to go AMD and I want to get the best AMD has to offer. Now you can spend some some money on it. <laughs> yeah. And it's a great it's a great graphics card. It's a fantastic graphics card. In a vacuum, like it, it would get high points everywhere, but it just it doesn't have the selling proposition. The problem is probably priced well versus the thirty ninety because it is five hundred dollars less. That's a lot of money. But again, if you're already getting to the point of hey, I'm willing to spend less money to get and get slightly less performance out of it, why not spend just slightly much less money and get even slightly less performance more and get a sixty eight hundred XT? Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that because I I. I thought AMD had priced this card to really sort of mess with 3090 based mm-hmm. on, I mean, $500. <laughs> that's a whole CPU, right? Yeah, that's that's a lot of games. <laughs> but I the, mean, you make a lot of compelling reasons for like, yeah, you know what? You've, you're already looking at a Ferrari. You're going to buy a Ferrari at that point. So Yep. 
And I did actually spend quite a bit of time setting up outside of my standard benchmarking rig. Uh, I got a Ryzen 5900X system set up, and I tested both the 3090 as well as this 6900XT on it with smart access memory, both on and off. Smart access memory is the, I I think it's a super compelling feature uh, for modern AMD's newest hardware, where if you have a Ryzen 5000 CPU with a Radeon 6000 GPU, uh, basically the CPU can see the whole memory buffer of the VRAM and the graphics card, and it can see some, you know, performance uplift out of that. And I pretty much saw performance uplifts across the board throughout my entire test suite. Uh, in some cases, it's pretty significant. Like, there's a lot of 4 or 5% gains out of that. They're in Borderlands at 4K, it was 8% faster. So uh, AMD's numbers, I didn't test the game, but they said in Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which is the stupidest name ever, uh, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they were seeing double-digit gains with smart access memory so that is a very good feature but it wasn't enough to push it over the top but it does get it closer uh and amd also spent a good amount of time talking to reviewers about overclocking potential uh they gave this a fancier pcb uh obviously radeon 6000 series can clock sky high like we've seen the 6800 xt hit 2500 megahertz or more you know with a good cooler and smart hands uh, and apparently AMD was telling reviewers they managed to hit 2.7 gigahertz in their labs with the 6900 XT reference card. Uh, and we review stock, so that doesn't matter quite so much to my review. But there is potentially room to get more performance out of this. And if you can get you know an extra 5% in some games from smart access memory, and then you overclock the hell out of this card and get another 5% out of that, you could be getting pretty damn close to a 3090 for quite a bit less, but it's not, it, it would take some work. I'm really excited to see custom versions of this, by the way. Uh, AMD says, yes, custom versions are coming soon. They couldn't, they didn't have an exact date, but there will be custom versions of this. And I think that with a big beefy cooler, because this reference card sticks to the exact same design as the 6800 XT, <clears throat> it's uh, 2.5 slots slick, thick, and 10.5 inches long, so it's small for a high-end graphics card. Uh, and it hits 83 degrees Celsius under load, which is not bad. It's comparable to blower-style coolers of yore, uh, but most high-end enthusiast graphics cards these days are triple-slot big cards, and they all get in the 60s and 70 degrees. So with a big beefy custom cooler on this, if it does overclock as well as AMD seems to think that it does, uh, the custom versions of this card might be badass once they show up. Do we think that the price on those custom cards is going to make the the value aspect of the 6900 XT diminish though? Like just based on what we've seen with the 6800 XT, it's been quite a bit more than the uh, reference price. It'll depend. The pricing on 6800 XT models are very disappointing. Uh, We're talking well over $100 premiums for the higher-end cards. Uh, $150 premium for the XFX Merc 319 6800 XT. I think if they equip this card with a big, badass cooler, and if it does manage to get overclocked to hell or have a much greater power limit put to it, 
that does get it that much closer to the 3090. I think in that case, a premium like that would probably be more justified up here at the high end. Uh, especially because, you know, if you pay $1,200 for a uh, 6900 XT, that's effectively as fast as a 3090. If they manage to do that with custom cards, then you're still saving 300 bucks versus a 3090 if you're just interested in gaming. But then again, you got to weigh in the, hey, it's you can only play Ray Trace games at 1440p. So, uh, in, a, ever- in a musing note, actually, uh, it was pretty funny. Time for the exact same as the embargo time for this. NVIDIA announced today four more games are getting DLSS 2.0. And Minecraft ray tracing came out of beta and is now official. Uh, so that is fully path traced. Absolutely mind-blowing. We streamed it on the YouTube channel before. Mm-hmm. Uh, turning on frame rates in that during the beta made one scene go from 120 frames per second with ray tracing off to 18 with ray tracing on. Uh, DLSS got it up to 50. So Minecraft ray tracing is totally probably going to suck on Radeon graphics cards. So they were just timing it for the exact same time as the 6900 XT launch just to twist that dagger in there. It does so it. NVIDIA, right? That's, that's yeah. NVIDIA, number one. Like. <laughs> yep. uh, huh. Well, we got a question from uh, Dennis Siberian. Actually, a couple good questions. Uh, the first one... Um, <laughs> Can a bigger VRAM size on the 6900 XT make a difference for such large-scale open-world games as Arma or uh, Flight Simulator 2020? Um, Flight Simulator, I know, is tied to single-thread performance. I know Arma 3 was as well. So I don't think the VRAM is going to make that big of a difference unless you're doing something with crazy mods and stuff like that, which Arma is very much known for. Uh but yeah, I think you'd be more limited by your CPU performance than your VRAM performance there. I think 16 gigabytes is plenty. Okay. More uh, than plenty. <laughs> next question from uh, from Dennis is, uh, is it fair to compare this card positioning and performance to the Fury cards back in the day? Mm, I think these are much more successful than the Fury cards were. Uh, the Fury cards, the Fury Nano was badass, actually. The Radeon Nano, that was based off the same Fury die. Uh, but AMD didn't need to resort to crazy bundled liquid cooling and stuff like that, like it has with Vega 64 and with the Fury X to try to compete with NVIDIA and not quite get there. In this case, you know, they're using very, very nice, you know, axial coolers and hanging right, hanging tough with NVIDIA. So I don't think it's quite the same thing. Do you think it's mostly a price issue here, Brad? Because... It's so weird. I mean, I, I thought it would. I actually thought it was a strength. They were five hundred dollars less than the thirty ninety, but now it feels like it's almost too expensive. You know? Yeah. Should it have been nine hundred dollars? But then, you know, good, good God, they've got to actually make money on these things. So. Yeah, I don't know if there's a good answer. I don't know, you know, what it is. Uh, it's a great graphics card. Uh, I think AMD really wants a flagship card, and this is, and it should be. It's it's very powerful. Like it's the second most powerful graphics card ever released. Like there's something to be said for that, and it's five hundred dollars less than the RTX thirty ninety. That's that's great place for AMD to be in. Uh, especially again at fourteen forty p, this card's only two percent slower than the thirty ninety is. Uh, similar numbers at uh, ultra wide. 3440 by 1440. Uh, 
that splits the difference between 4K and 1440, it actually performs much closer to the, the 1440p percentage differences. Uh, I'll have that piece going up tomorrow. So it's it's a really good card. It's a great card. It's the second best graphics card ever released. It's just, it's in a weird place. It's like another realm. The problem is almost that they took this big Navi die and tried to do too much with it because they have this at the full 80 and then they have uh, 72 for the 6800 XT and that 300, and then they have the 6800 just right below that. Like if the pricing was a little more, you know, if it, if this card was 800 bucks, 850 bucks, something like that, I mean, it'd be much more compelling. I can see why they charge a thousand bucks for it though. Well, not to mention yeah. these are these are MSRP prices, uh, so <laughs> street yeah. prices are a yes. whole different thing <laughs> at this point. All the all but. the AMD's been selling a lot of these cards directly through its site on AMD.com, and they sell at MSRP for what it's worth. They don't market up over there. Oh well, that's you nice. still have to be able to get one though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Or maybe you can get it from a scalper. Yeah. Not a transition. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so for fourteen forty. If I were looking at, because I, I mean, clearly 4K, it sounds like you really should go for a 3090. Pay, just pay for yep. the 3090 for high for ray tracing. What if I'm 1440 high refresh? This is I mean, a great I, option if you don't care about ray tracing. To me, that ray tracing in a thousand dollar graphics card is a major strike. Uh, to to buy a four, I mean, you can still play 1440p games like if you're buying it for a 1440p high refresh rate monitor this will get the job done uh at least in games that aren't as heavy on ray tracing effects uh so you know i ran it in metro and i ran it ran it in shadow of the tomb raider and it hit past 60 frames per second you won't get high refresh rates on it but you'll get 60 frames per second in games like that uh i wasn't able to test it in some of the more intensive games uh like control is one that uses multiple ray tracing effects uh minecraft like i was just talking about is fully path traced and i like i said i suspect this card is just absolutely going to suck at that uh until they get a dlss competitor uh and cyberpunk coming out is just loaded with ray tracing effects and i suspect that once you start piling on the additional effects like this card's going to get worse until they get a dlss competitor do you think the out look could get better could it significantly change say halfway into the year as we get titles that are truly optimized for console and then move to pc because with ray tracing effects because it feels like clearly amd's behind on ray tracing but you know their whole idea of we have console two and that's going to aid us down the road could does that do you think it might change (laughs) sorry i needed a free sun break yeah uh It's very much possible. Uh, AMD actually has a couple of titles that support AMD-based ray tracing right now. Uh, Dirt 5 is one of them. Godfall is another. Godfall actually only works on AMD GPUs right now, Uh, whereas Cyberpunk's only going to work on NVIDIA GPUs at launch. So that's fun. But uh, So there's those two cars that are AMD-optimized. I haven't used them yet in my standard benchmark suite, because I don't just change the benchmark suite just on a whim. Uh, But more importantly, because Godfall doesn't work on NVIDIA cards, I didn't want to, you know, not have something to compare it against. And Dirt 5's shadows were kind of wonky when I first got a hold of the game. Uh, They've been ironing them out 
but I haven't had a chance to go back and really make sure that they're rendering correctly. And actually, Watch Dogs Legion I included in my 6800 XT review, but it turned out AMD GPUs render those weird that lead to much higher results uh, because the ray tracing is not working as intended. So we're in a weird place with ray tracing right now. Uh, and I'm hoping now that hopefully my GPU crunch is going to be over for a little bit. I'm hoping to be able to take a much more extensive look at ray, trace, ray tracing across a much wider array of games soon. <laughs> but there's, it's just, it's in a weird place right now. I, I think we're all in a weird place right now. <laughs> I, I, I just kind of wonder if like, clearly, you know, this is exactly, this is the, best possible situation for nvidia to have everybody talking about ray tracing performance i haven't read yeah. all the reviews on the internet but i'm guessing that kind of like factored into everybody's minds mm-hmm. the fact that everybody's talking about ray tracing performance and it actually matters to people whereas people just dismissed it just a few months ago and now it's like oh i care about this now it couldn't get any better for nvidia right but i just yeah. wonder if we really have to wait six months to see how it all shakes out the fact that you have games that run ray tracing on amd run ray tracing in a video but don't run on each other and I, yeah. this can't it's be- wild because it's dxr it's all direct x ray tracing based right. so you, DXR, that should act right. as the abstraction layer and just work on everything but clearly there's differences in the implementations that mean that it's not necessarily the case so hmm. yeah i just i just feels like we have to come back and go like let let everything settle down and like you know six months eight months in when console titles finally trickle out and developers have their you know hands the better hands on the standards and then get a better feel for it but clearly for the next eight months if you want a ray tracing game uh, it's nvidia right so very much nvidia yeah it's well, nvidia managed to do good timings with the games that support it too because cyberpunk's coming out this week and you know minecraft just went official today and those are two massive games that support ray tracing and kick ass on nvidia hardware so can I run DLSS and DXR on my 1080 Ti, Brad? Not. Okay, I just want to check. <laughs> I mean, that card came out in 2017. I mean, so you, you can run Ray Tracing on it. $700. Yeah, that's true. You can. <laughs> I'm just checking. I'm not not saying anything. It's just a factual well, question. <laughs> Honestly, so I'm kind of curious how this all like shakes out, though, in terms of the actual market because it's so hard to get your hands on any of these cards that I, I really wonder what people end up doing. Like if they end up hanging, like holding out for the one they think they want, or they just take what they can get. Mm. I think for the next couple of months, it's going to be, if you can get something, you get it. That's my suspicion. Mm. If yeah. you got the money to burn, just grab what you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, it, speaking of performance stuff, uh, you talked briefly about uh, content creation stuff, and I, I thought maybe that's where they'd be able to to kind of go toe and toe with the, the thirty ninety because of the bigger VRAM and and whatnot. But uh, thirty ninety actually has twenty four gigabytes of GDDR six, so yeah, it's true, ten gigabytes true. more and it's faster. So you can do eight K video editing on that. And Nvidia has CUDA and Optics software. That is a big deal in content creation, I'm sure as you know, Adam. Uh, and NVIDIA actually added specific optimizations in Ampere, so the RTX 30 series, to make things like uh, ray tray motion blur render much, much, much faster. So if you're doing like, you know, 3D scene creation and trying to apply motion blur and stuff like that, uh, 
optics on NVIDIA is going to give you, it supercharges it compared mm-hmm. to just straight CUDA cores and stuff like that. So stuff like that all plays into NVIDIA's favor. Yeah, and I, I, I was, just think this is crazy. Well, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I was bummed because I'm sure like some other people, I went over to uh, Puget Systems uh, to see, you know, if they had any review or benchmark stuff up. They doesn't seem like they got a card so so that it weren't really able to put it up but i did go back and look at the 6800 and 6800 xt uh performance results that they did and just this this first paragraph of their conclusion was i i think will probably apply to the 6900 xt as well it said in most of our testing the new radeon 6800 and 6800 xt are significantly faster than the previous generation amd gpus in fact, in a few cases, they're as much as 83% faster than the 5700 XT, which a big win. But it says, unfortunately, NVIDIA also saw some terrific performance gains with their uh, 30 series cards. So while the 6800 cards would have put AMD in a terrific position a few months ago, NVIDIA maintains their, albeit slimmer, lead in content creation applications. And they break it down based off uh, uh, different ap- application stuff. And it's just like, I, I, I thought it would have been a little bit better especially that 6800 xt with the 16 gigs uh versus something like a, a 3070 even uh d- depending on the application the 3070 is is either faster actually in a lot of these applications the 3070 is even faster uh so yeah that that that's is that's with half as much memory <clears throat> yeah that's that's crazy that's crazy yeah. Just, so again, well, if just, you're into content creation, 3090 is probably the way you're going to go. If you can, you know, or, or any NVIDIA in, card, really. consider that money an investment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and the, I mean, as I was saying earlier, I just think it's crazy that all of the complaints, including us and everyone, like fifteen hundred dollars for the 3090. That's crazy. And then I was like, wow, the 6900 XT is going to look really good at thousand, but it's that content creation. It's almost like. AMD should put a little more in and charge more for it. You know, it's like that. I don't, uh, I, it's just bizarre to me. So after I finished writing my, you know, thinking about it, cause I was sharing some thoughts with the later and then I was writing my conclusion in my article. I'm like, am I being too harsh? What did I say about the 3090? I need to go back and look. And I went back and I reread my 3090 review. And I'm like, everything I'm saying about the 3090 here, I said about, uh, about the 6,900 XT here. I said about the 3090, you should not buy this card if you're a gamer. Like, this is not for you. You only really want this card for content creation or if you want the fastest thing in the world. And the 6900 XT is very, very fast. It's the second fastest card in the world, but it doesn't change either of those value propositions. So hmm. it's just where it is. The 6800 XT kicks all kinds of ass, and you should buy that. Yeah. If you, or if you can get your, get your hands, hands on it. On these days. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, any so you you mentioned some of your other. T- are you going to do widescreen uh, article on this as well, like you've done with the cards past? Yep, it's coming up. Or I'm tomorrow. sorry, ultra wide, uh, not, not widescreen. Uh, yeah, yeah ultra are you going to do four by three uh, testing? Thirty four forty. No. Uh, yeah, I, that should go up tomorrow. It depends. I filed it with my editor. Hopefully, it goes up tomorrow. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, the card actually did really, really well. Like I said, closer to 1440p scaling, so it hangs real tough with the uh, 3090. Uh, there are some games that just overwhelmingly prefer the Ampere architecture. Uh, Total War, Troy is one. Uh, so is Strange Brigade. Uh, so there are some games that just really prefer NVIDIA, and it doesn't hang as tough in those games, obviously. 
but there are other games that like AMD better too. So it kind of all balances out. And on the whole, uh, this is a very, very good 1340, 3440 by 1440 ultra wide option if you're fine with those ray tracing concerns. Okay. Like if you just don't care about ray tracing, you want a great 14, ultra wide card that uh, I guess you don't mind spending a thousand bucks, but you'd like to save the extra 500 bucks if you can, this would be a great option. Uh, well, real quick, Mr. Cat uh, gave us five euros, uh, super chat. Thank you so much. And said, uh, I will buy the RX 6900 XT for the memes. There you go. <laughs> That's a lot of money to spend on memes, my friend. <laughs> That's a lot of money it's to spend on memes. worth it to be a legend on the internet. And maybe even more money if you had to buy one from a scalper. Am I right, Gordon? Oh, yeah. was that a transition? Yeah, that's a pretty good one. In oh. fact, <laughs> check this out. As this kicked off, I went over to eBay and I did a search for Radeon RX 6900 Space XT. There's a space. I, I didn't know that till this morning, which is crazy. I see a list. The top listing that I got that um, is valid is an ASRock Radeon RX uh, 6900 XT for $1,648. Pass. Yeah, for most people, it's a hard pass. But uh, the reason I want to talk about scalping is I talked to somebody who posted a blog post, Michael Driscoll, who's an Oracle data engineer at uh, uh, in the daytime for a company called USG Corp. has nothing to do with PC hardware. But he basically sat down at night when he had nothing to do and said, hey, I'm going to apply my uh, data science skills to look at eBay and the scalping situation there and just how bad it has been. And it's it's pretty eye opening. And he looked at basically all the the Ryzen five thousands, the uh, the Radeon uh, sixty eight hundred XT, the Radeon sixty eight hundred, as well as Ampere cards, and new Xbox and PlayStation five. He basically said it's about an eighty two million dollars. He says he looked at it since I'm I'm going to guess since the things were introduced and how much they have sold. And he says about $82 million of hardware has moved in console and, and you know, the hot PC hardware. And uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's really eye-opening because uh, the things that these things are going for. So he basically has been going in and looking at eBay data. Um, you know, of course, you probably saw the news report saying, hey, somebody wants to pay $60,000 for an Ampere card, right? For a 3080 or a 3090 card. Of course, those were just bogus. It was just people bidding up the prices on eBay to try to mess with the, the, the scalpers. So he actually only looked at the hardware that sold, that was confirmed as sold. Of course, we don't know if they were paid, but just looking at that data, uh, a 5950X, of course, everybody's favorite 16 core CPU, MSRP of $800, the median price was $1,400. The 12 core 5900X, uh, 549, median price was 873. And of course, we think, like, well, ain't nobody buying these things there. And he actually looked at the total number sold, and it's a lot. I mean, I mean, actually, I've got this. We want to do that first. I don't even know which chart I gave you, Adam. The first one was the, 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 the 30 series. Oh, 30 series. Just looking at 30 series, which is, I got to look at this. I just hope that, you know, all the big hardware companies aren't looking at this and go, 
you know what? We're undercharging in general for our parts. I'm hoping this doesn't yeah. have knock-on ramifications. I don't think so. I mean, like, yeah. So, like, the first thing, why don't we flash this? This is a crazy thing. Look, this is actually where it's been the worst. Because, you know, Ampere, everybody's been angry at NVIDIA. You can't buy these things. It's paper launch. Look at our RTX 3090, 1500 MSRP, median price, $2,250. And... And this Basically, is with almost 4,000 cards sold. That's, yeah, that's 3,749 of those 3090s sold on eBay, right? 3080 cards, 699 uh, MSRP. Median price is $1,300, 7222 that Michael Driscoll has basically tracked, says, yeah, these are confirmed sales. So people are paying these prices. It's crazy. You know, it's wow. basically... $10.3 million for 3080s, uh, $8.7 for those 3090 cards. It's big business. So, yeah, people are going to scalp. You know, I I guess if I happened to have gotten a couple 3090s, I probably would think about selling them, too, and buying a car. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just crazy. And then, you know, same thing for those AMD parts. Look at, look at it. It's a lot fewer on those Ryzen's. Oh, on that, that next slide? Mm-hmm. Yes, for the – it's just – it's interesting, though, because I was actually surprised. Uh, it's that pie chart. It basically shows a breakdown of which of the Ryzen CPUs are um, have been sold. Uh, I took Michael Driscoll's data, and I went ahead and threw it in a pie chart because that was interesting because I sort of assumed maybe lower-end cards would go or just CPUs, but no, it's it's all – look at more than half of this is in the high end. There's more than 50% is in the, is in the 5900 and – well, 5,800X. Oh, wait. Did I screw something up here? No, that's right. Almost 50% is in the 5950 and the 5900X. That's that's really unexpected, right? That's Yeah. Do you think so? I, I actually think that the people who are in those ranges are going to have more disposable income and maybe more willing to throw it at a scalper. Like, it doesn't surprise me that the 5600X is not the dominant part of the chart. Yeah, you know, and actually, the, but the, you know what's interesting is the 5800X, um, uh, again, Michael Driscoll, he's saying, you know what, I'm actually seeing, so originally the 5800X, the prices were pretty high, but they're actually starting to get low enough to where he thinks a lot of the casual scalpers are going to get out. There's just no money. There's just no money in it because you want to be able to buy 5800X and flip it, right, and make, you know, a couple hundred bucks. That's not really getting to be there for the people that are just buying these retail. He does have a different class of people that are called, you know, more professionals, right? The people that have the bots, the ones that go snap up all the Jordans so you can't buy them. And he says those those people are probably going to still be there because they're able to buy everything up and make a decent profit, even on the, the cards with, with uh, less margin. So, yeah, I think there is something to your to your your thing, like high end, just like we saw with 3090s, people are paying for the high end cards. But still, I it was a little eye opening to me because I was just like, you just would not you would think 5950 is a pretty small volume part. Right. But it looks like basically everybody who bought them sold them on eBay. I mean, that's almost 400 of those things. It's very tempting for those kinds of prices that cards are these things are selling at. Like, even if you manage, you're like, hey, I'm going to upgrade. I have a. X470 system, I'm just going to drop a 5900X in, and you somehow managed to get one on the launch day, and then you see, you see people are selling these things for an extra four or 500 bucks. You're like, I can probably just get by with what I had and sell this thing to somebody and have 400 bucks to spend on Christmas presents or whatever. 
Yeah. And you know, it's actually, of course, worse. And I just want to throw this in there because this is the order I went in. But those consoles, I mean, you know, I know I'm not a console person, but I feel for console players because look at this. This is the one that's more interesting to me, honestly, because like I think for the graphics cards, um, it's not clear to me how much percentage it is of the overall amount available. So it's hard for me to tell like how many of these people like, I mean, yeah, like you said, like 3000, 4000 people paid like these like incredible prices, but it's not out of the realm of you know imagination that there are that many people in the world who have cash to burn or are willing to burn that cash. Um, but if that was like 90% of the people who are buying these cards, then yeah, that's like significant. Yeah. But we don't, I don't have that number in context. But consoles, I have a much better idea of the context of this and also who the buyers are. And so it, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of bugs me a little bit to see the console stuff more, I would say. Really? Yeah, because it's like there's more parents out there. There's more like kids who just want to play. And so the idea that, you know, some people are, are being taken advantage of like not that people aren't on the other side on the pc side but it's just the the demographic tugs at my heart a little bit more i would say yeah well i mean just to give you an idea you could flash that with the xbox and playstation 5 i don't know if that's up or not it's Adam. Up. yep but look at that that's well it's interesting because the console wars i think i think you know because we always hear about xbox versus playstation they're always like the to, to measure who sold more PlayStation 5 is slightly winning the console wars, but the sheer volume, I mean, like 63,000 consoles flipped on eBay, right? That's, yeah. It's like nobody even bought these to play. They just bought them to sell to somebody else. You've seen those pictures, right? On social media? No, no. Like the scalpers who have just like this whole living room full of PS5 boxes. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> like it's, it's already bad enough that you're scalping. To rub it in like that is just like why? Why would you do that? Yeah, yeah. And actually, this this is the last one I just want to show because it, I think it's pretty interesting. It's the um, Radeon versus uh, RTX. The I total number really, of GPU sold. Yeah, total number of GPU sold, and by just again, this is Michael Driscoll's data tracking all sales, confirmed sales at least sold. Don't know if they were paid. Who knows if they were ripped off and they were scams, but at least those that were confirmed as sold by listed as sold. It's a huge amount of Radeon cards. You can see that basically or a huge amount of RTX cards. 30 series is 97% of all of the you know next gen cards sold on eBay. Uh, what I don't know is that's just because Radeon or uh, NVIDIA was on, you know. Ampere was on sale, what, about a month? They had about a month and two a half months. lead time. Closer two to months. two. Yeah. So that could just be because of the lead month, the lead time that, that uh, RTX had. But, you know, only 450 uh, 6800s and 6800 XTs sold on eBay. So it just, I just kind of wonder if that indicates even scalpers can't get these cards to sell, right? Because I'm sure people would buy them, but it, it just may show you just how much more NVIDIA. Of course, there always were more NVIDIA cards anyway. Remember, they were 70% of the market or more. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's it was always the thing. But it's it overwhelmingly NVIDIA. Uh, and I do want to point out this one thing. Um, the person who wrote the blog, Michael Driscoll, says, you know, the thing is, I looked at eBay because it's easy. I could get to this data. I'm going to try to look at Craigslist. But he said his gut is, look... If you're doing this to make money, 
you go to eBay and you're selling something for 2000 bucks or $800, eBay's going to take its chunk of change. You make, a, you make way more money doing Craigslist, meeting somebody at a Starbucks, he's changing the console and it's all cash. There's no whatever taxes or anything. So he thinks eBay is a very, very small slice of the pie. And he thinks once you, you factor in forms, Reddit, Craigslist, you know, his, his suspicion is it's four to five times larger for the scalpers. And honestly, he says he thinks it could be as large as 10, 10 times larger than what he's seeing. So uh, he has really no data to base that on, but it's just, he just says it just makes sense because you want to make money. You don't want to pay eBay money, right? So you want to go to Craigslist. You want to go to these that's, other folks. That's true. However, I do think there's the punch you in the face and just take your stuff and run factor when it comes to Craigslist. <laughs> so I'm not sure if someone who's like a pro scalper is going to be going to be willing to to take that risk with their inventory, so to speak. Yeah, pro scalpers well, packing heat. Well, that's <laughs> that's why you meet them in the you meet them in the. Uh, you meet him in the police station or, you know, mm-hmm. Rockford, I think would, you know, Jim Rockford would meet you probably in the, in an airport or something. So no, man, the, the, the cops would beat you up for that, that 3080 as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> if I had a 3080 or hell, if you had a 6900 XT, you bought it for a thousand, you could sell $700 profit. Uh, I guess I'd, I'd do it too. I, I think I understand why now and how big it is, so. Ugly. That's crazy. Yeah. Doubling your money is, is a big incentive. Like I said, even if you were intentionally like trying to buy a graphics card uh, and you got it in your hands and then you're like, hey, I could make an extra 600 bucks on top of that. That's, I mean, maybe I'll play GeForce now for a month until I can buy one at the price and just pocket the difference. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. Well, Brad. I feel uh, bad. Like. Any, nope. <laughs> no, I'm saying look in the Xbox, you know, 500 sell for eight, eight sixty five. You have a PS5 disc, it goes for 500, sell for a thousand twenty one dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Actually, well, that it's funny because Elena was talking about how. Uh, you know, all these kids are wanting Xboxes and stuff for Christmas, which is true. My wife actually works at a uh, school. And uh, they are all saying, hey, I want a Series X on my Christmas list and stuff like that. Uh, But she was actually telling me there's a surprising number of kids who are looking into building their own PCs for the holidays now that they're home all the time and looking to play Fortnite and stuff. So actually, your Cyber Monday best cheapest PC actually sent to her and she was sharing with people around the school to hopefully get kids, you know, PC gaming since nobody can buy an Xbox Series X. Also, also, speaking of, we will be doing a live build of that tomorrow. I popular oh, request. <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> um, uh, I meant to, uh, as I got busy with something else, which you'll see on uh, the YouTube channel, uh, hopefully tomorrow. But um, there's no intro video. We're just doing it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for years, people have asked me, they're like, are you going to build it? Are you going to benchmark <laughs> it? Um, so we're building it this year. You, you kind of already know how it performs, though, based on the parts and previous projects on the channel. But people asked, and I was like, okay, I'll do it. Still fun. Awesome. Yeah. Spoiler, it sucked this year trying to get yeah. this stuff together. Although, speaking along those lines, Elena, I have a question for you. Because somebody was saying, you know, I mean, 
we know it's just terrible for Xbox and PS5. You just cannot get these things, period. It makes getting a 3080 seem easy. Do you think it makes sense to just build a gaming PC? I mean, I don't want to say yes, but isn't it an all... Why not just build a, a gaming PC instead? Do you think that makes sense? Or do you think those people should, you know, just buy an older Xbox or an older PlayStation? I mean, I think it really depends on who's playing and what they want to play. Like, if you want to play, like, exclusives, then you are going to be kind of stuck, right? Like, you just can't swap in a different platform for it. Um, it also, if you're somebody who's, like, really invested in, like, trophies or achievements, then it's also going to be a lot harder just to switch over. Um, I mean, if you're an Xbox person, there are some games that you can play through the Windows or, I guess, the Microsoft Store. But that experience kind of sucks. So I don't know if that's necessarily the best uh, switch over. Um, yeah, I think it's just really dependent on the situation. I think if you're just somebody who wants to play Fortnite, then yeah, it doesn't really matter what you're playing it on. Get a switch though. Yeah, one. but I'm just, I just think it might be actually a good one. time to, you know, you are frustrated you can't get these next gen consoles. Maybe it's finally time to dip your toe into PC gaming, which, you know, all your friends hassle you about and the internet comes and bothers you on your front door about you know is that what you do in your spare time (laughs) (laughs) this is that was my example to roman roman loyola who is at macworld and you know i like to give him a hard time but i'm like and i said i do understand how annoying i am because i understand us pc people are like that it's like it's it's like Sunday, you're kicking back, you just want to kick back, and then that, that doorbell rings. I was just like, going to say, Like, off. hey, how's it going? Uh, would you like to hear about how great PC gaming is? <laughs> it's cheaper than console gaming? It's like, yeah, no, it's okay. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I got my console or I got my Mac. It's like, you know, but no, let me just, I'm, let me leave you this booklet about how to build a PC. And if you have any questions about building, we're there to help you build the PC, but we just want to talk to you. I understand how we always want to evangelize. I do it myself. And I also understand for Mac people and for console gamers how annoying that can be. So <laughs> that's what it's I, like. It's Sunday and ding dong. One of these days, I, I want to kind of like kick the hornet's nest over and and like just come out and say like, all right, is PC gaming really that much cheaper than console gaming these days? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Oh, come on. We look, this is, yeah. See, like See, I said. Hornet's nest. I fully know what I would be getting myself into. It should be. A, it should be a. It should be a debate because clearly, if you are at school and you need to do Zoom, you're not going to be doing that on your. It has nothing to, like the 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 question is very specific. It's about cost of the gaming. It has nothing to do with the ancillary yeah. benefits. Let's not let's not let's not factor all that other stuff. Let's look at one. And I do it. I like to troll doing that. You focus in on one thing. It's perfect. No, no, you can't. You can't. You can't pick and choose what you're arguing here because of how you've argued it before. I'm just saying, like, specifically when people say the whole PC gaming is cheaper thing, I think that used to be true. But things have changed. It does depend, Elena, on. What you mean by the value of money? You need your Bill Clinton voice for this. <laughs> is this your variant on what, what the definition of is is? It's the, 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 the definition of what money is. Now, for me, $1,000 is a lot of money for Mark Zuckerberg. It's like, oh, man, 
you know, I, it's like nothing. It's like you use that to, you know, like smash cockroaches with and then throw that away or something. It's just like it's – so I think it does depend on that. It, it depends on what the value of money is. Uh, oh, there's mm-hmm. the accident. There you yeah, go. Yep, yep. No, I, I, know. I was waiting for it. I know I just, somebody who was looking to get an RTX 3080, but when they couldn't get one, they're like, eh, I wasn't really looking to spend this much money, but I'll get a 3090 because I can buy one of those now. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, there's really people like that, right? So Yeah. And no, hey, you money. know what? Don't be haters on them. No, nope. I wish I could buy the thirty ninety, but you know what? You know more power to them. So it's a problem that people have to realize. If they can afford it, then don't hate them for it. Well, uh, VC Jester gave us five dollars and said uh, you might as well start buying gray market Windows keys now, Gordon. You've lost your way. <laughs> Supporting scalpers. But, you know, I was really you know because we had that deal. Like, you know, because I bought, like, four keys, and I was like, I didn't use it for a couple months, and then I actually did a build and used the key. It's like, hey, it worked. So, apparently, it's real. This is one we offered, so thank God. So, yeah. actually, the deal came up again. I think I bought three more keys. So, Me too. So, you know, you were talking full retail keys, Windows Pro. It's like, that's a good deal, you know, and I'm, I'm confident they're pretty real. I actually bought one of those really gray, you know, translucent kind of keys <laughs> a couple of years ago. I need to see... If that works, actually, because I'm not <laughs> convinced it does. But if they're really gray, wouldn't it be opaque? <laughs> well, I don't know. This one's pretty like, I kind of wonder, because that was like, you know, 40 bucks for Windows 10 Pro retail. That's almost like, where'd you get this from? But that <laughs> was like $15 for that other one. So I, I don't <laughs> It just fell off yeah. a truck somewhere. <laughs> uh, we did get two dollars from a friend of the show, Fake Plastic Mike. I said uh, we need a Fargo parody of a scalper transaction. With uh, <laughs> um, the original Fargo or the TV? I haven't. I've not watched the TV show. I need to. I've not watched it either. Yeah, I've Probably been hearing people talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, we're we're talking about uh, gaming, obviously, and and what to uh, what to game on, but another option. Uh, is to play Cyberpunk 2077 on GeForce Now, right? Don't 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 pay for scalpers. Yeah, don't pay for <laughs> scalpers. Don't you know? Don't pay the markup. Just uh, just log into GeForce Now because you can get your your Cyberpunk on that way, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that game's coming out this week. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard me the last couple of episodes. I've been saying, look, man, don't pay crazy, ludicrous prices for old hardware. Don't pay these scalping prices. Use GeForce Now to get you by. Uh, GeForce Now is going to support Cyberpunk 2077 on day one. Uh, it's adding GOG integration that day to support it. It's also going to support it on Steam. It's going to support it on Epic Games. So no matter where you buy it, you'll be able to stream it over GeForce Now if your, uh, you know, your bandwidth, your home network can keep up with it. Uh, and I've actually, uh, I have an early pre-release version of Cyberpunk 2077 that I've been playing. Um, at this point, fifteen-ish hours in. Uh, and it's awesome and worth your time. <laughs> and you do have a, so, yeah, a review had, impressions uh, piece uh, on PC World. I'm, I'm going to link it in the, the chat. Yeah. And all the screenshots in that piece, uh, those are not bull shots, as they're called, or PR-supplied fancied-up images. Those were all taken in-game using its awesome photo mode. Uh, you press N on your key, or you push in your two joysticks at the same time on the gamepad, and it'll instantly jump into this photo mode that you can use to take these pictures. These are all in-engine, in-game, as I was playing. It's virtually instantaneous, at least on the high-end PC I was testing at, so it really nice. does look that good. Is uh, it Ansel? 
No, it's not Ansel. It's specific Milton. to the game. Yeah, it's like what you get in the Spider-Man game and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, the game is awesome. Wow. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. There are many reviews on the internet of people who are full-time games journalists, reporters who did finish it. So definitely go feel free to you know, read those if you want the full impressions. Uh, I love it. Uh, I'm very biased. Uh, Deus Ex was my favorite game of all time until Witcher 3 supplanted it. Uh, this game I don't think is going to top those in my mind, but it is worth every penny so far, the 15-ish hours in. Uh, the story is outstanding. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with the combat, having a lot of fun with everything, but the real uh, draw for me is just Night City itself. So like this big urban sprawl of the city that the game is based in with a bunch of districts. Uh, the really, really awesome part is yes, you know, urban sprawl, typically you're talking horizontal night city is vertical as well. So as you're wandering around the streets and stuff like that, you can look up and rather than just being set dressing, there's actually balconies and apartments and bridges going back and forth. So it's like a giant honeycomb of all kinds of ways you can approach all kinds of situations. And it just adds a lot of flavor and depth. And it's just like, the reason I didn't come close, I guess the game itself can be finished pretty quickly if you just, you know, go straight through the main story from what I've read in other reviews. But I'm only done the first act because I just keep finding nooks and crannies to get lost in and cool things to go do. And it's just, it doesn't feel uh, as, you know, canned as it does in modern day sex games. Like if you go into a modern day sex game, yes, you can make your different kind of characters any way you want. <clears throat> but, uh, what you can do in this game, it's very customizable. has a lot of replayability, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, you know, if you go into a Deus Ex mission, there's always the hacking path. And you can find the sneaking path. And then there's the gun blazing path. And those are, you know, they clearly are what they are. Whereas in this game, they have all those too, but it's more natural and organic feeling. You don't feel like you necessarily found the sneaking path. You're like, hey, that's there. What if I, you know, use the balconies to hop up on this building two blocks over and then transverse you know, all the way over jumping across things like that till I can find this. And it's just, it's very lifelike and awesome. Nice. I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. We're, we're uh, uh, tomorrow as well. We're going to do uh, uh, the, this, the kickoff stream uh, for the, the game. Yep. I'm, I'm super excited. My rig is already ready already. Uh, but oh, yeah, we, it's so good. Yeah. It, you know, in, in terms of performance, some, some people have talked about this. There's a couple, couple questions uh one of them people have been going around talking about how performance isn't for pre-release code hasn't been indicative of what final performance is because there are uh drms in place um 100 true uh my plan was actually to do a benchmarking thing rather than this impressions piece necessarily but the pre-release version that reviewers got uh one doesn't have the day zero performance optimization patch that's going to be going out or day one optimization patch that's going to be going out in the actual final game. Uh, and it's also loaded with DRM because we got GOG keys and GOGs are DRM free, but they don't want reviewers having these DRM free versions of the game. So they put performance. They're like, this really in- impacts the performance. Do not do benchmarking and stuff like that. So if you see any benchmarking articles or performance data out there right now, it is not whatsoever indicative of game performance. So take those with big grains of salt. CD Projekt Red said, look, don't do performance benchmarks. NVIDIA, who worked closely with 
CD Projekt Egg on this for ray tracing and whatnot. Also said, yeah, that's really not, you don't want to be using this for performance benchmarks. So if you see those around somewhere, uh, don't necessarily trust them. Can you at least gleam so any sort of performance? Well, the, the, the game uh, I can talk about what is, I've, yeah. I, I've experienced on my system. Uh, it's very strenuous. Uh, again, we don't know how much of that is due to all these various aspects that are only in the pre-release code. Uh, with ultra settings on a 5 gigahertz 8700K system with the 3090 Founders Edition in it, I was getting about 60 frames per second. Sometimes dipping a little bit lower when you're driving. Uh, when you turn on all the ray tracing, which you really, really should turn on as much as you can, especially the lighting effects and reflection effects. Uh, with DLSS set to performance mode, I'm still getting about 60 frames per second, dipping a little bit under uh, in some parts on a 4K screen with the 3090. So it's it's strenuous, but this is a game where I don't feel like high refresh rates are so important because it's not a Twitch shooter, even though it is a first-person role-playing game. And I feel that ray tracing really, really, really adds to this game in particular. And it's worth taking a hit in frame rates to get as much of those ray tracing effects as you can in. Because once you, it has five different ray tracing effects. And once you turn those all on and you have the reflections going, wandering around, you know, it's raining. There's all the neon lights in the city, just the extra texture that all the global illumination and stuff like that adds it makes makes it feel less like a video game, more, more like a real thing. Whereas if you, when you turn off ray tracing, it looks like a beautiful video game, but doesn't feel quite as lifelike. This is, I think, one of the standout games for ray tracing. And you're going to need DLSS, is my guess, to get it going as well as possible. Which makes sense. Uh, the, the second part of... Or, Gordon, did you have a follow-up? Well, I just wanted to know, like, so when can we actually officially get a feel for performance because my concern it's great for 30 series my concern is laptops so 20 series how ugly is it going to be but i we won't know until the game unlocks and the the, the patch comes out right yeah i can't test anything i need the retail code we need the retail code they said when turned, your review copy is going to turn to a retail code at that point you can do performance benchmarks and that's when i can do that uh that being said the game was made with last generation consoles support so this will be running on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Uh, I wouldn't expect it to run super well. If you look at all the reviews that went live yesterday, yesterday all the text reviews could go up. Uh, none of them were on the consoles. They were all on the PC. So I, I think that's probably indicative. When I first saw this game at Gamescom in person a couple of years ago, actually tweeted, there's no way this is happening on next gen, on current-gen consoles. Uh, they somehow managed to do it. We're going to have to wait and see how it is. But the fact that it does exist on those current-gen consoles means that it's probably going to scale down, at least to some degree, to more affordable PC hardware as well. But without they're, the they're planning on selling millions of these. I was... Uh, I dropped it in our Slack. There's a tweet by a very well-known video game analyst who said this game, once the preloads went live on Steam, it actually hit the all-time peak bandwidth, 23.5 terabytes per second from Steam. This is 
surpassing PUBG's 1.0 release. So millions of people are going to be playing this game. And I'm sure CD Projekt Red has a way for it to scale down to work across as much hardware as possible. I leave that money on the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's been a lot of discussion in Discord and, and even here in, in Slack or uh, in in YouTube about uh, the other side of performance, which is bugs. Uh, people are, are wanting to know your experiences with bugs. Uh, so, you know, let's, what, what did, did you run into anything? Was, that was, was actually a problem. Would you recommend people waiting? I was really surprised reading other reviews because other reviews pretty much universally say everyone's encountered tons of bugs. Uh, all various kinds of things. Characters loading in T-poses, people getting stuck, needing to reload because of various issues, stuff like that. Uh, I haven't really seen that in my 15 hours. The only bugs that I've seen are sometimes when you kill enemies, their weapons are supposed to fall to the ground. They just hover in midair instead. Uh, and they released a patch in the days before the review embargo went up that took care of that a little bit, but it's still there, which is actually something you commonly see in open world games. If you think about Bethesda titles and stuff, that's the only real bugs I've seen. But judging from any, everyone else's reviews, it sounds like it's much more buggy. And I am very atypical in that experience. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Sam. So, and YouTube personally, chat. it's been running fine. <laughs> Sam in YouTube chat said uh, uh, Callie from uh, GameSpot mentioned that she had a game breaking bug. Uh, so yeah, yeah, if, if people are worried about, seen, bugs, I saw a couple reviews, I saw a couple reviews say that they had bugs happening in the final scene before it cut to the credits at the very end. That has to be heartbreaking. Oh. <laughs> oh, the, the, the characters and the story in this game are awesome. CD project red. Uh, I don't think it's quite as emotional, emotionally resonant as Witcher three was, but it's just as good storytelling and characterization as Witcher three was. And the part where you wind up meeting Keanu Reeves for the first time is just a freaking like a four hour roller coaster. That's amazing. <laughs> nice. Whoa. Because <laughs> he say, no, you're beautiful or whatever he said. On stage. <laughs> Breathtaking. <laughs> Breathtaking. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I, I'm. Uh, if people are really sensitive about bugs, like I, I've seen people in discord be like, you know what? I'm just going to wait to play this game for six months. Let let some of the bugs iron out. Would yeah, why not? Yeah, I I personally yeah, can't. I do mean, that. like I'm... I said, I <laughs> I'm hey. playing through it. I'm probably taking tomorrow off of work because I worked all weekend, uh, and I'm probably just gonna be playing more Cyberpunk. Uh, but like I said, I haven't encountered as many bugs as it sounds like other people are getting. So your mileage may vary. Who knows? But this game's already been delayed twice. It probably is coming in hot, looking at the fact that we don't have any console performance uh, in any of the reviews. So if you are extremely bug sensitive, I would, yeah, maybe give it time to, you know, bake a little bit more. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how quick uh, Digital Foundry gets console performance stuff up. Because uh, if, di if they didn't get early access to it, then, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely an indication. Yeah, nobody did. Nobody did. <laughs> There's a, there's a crowd density slider, too. You're going to want to jack that as much as you can on your hardware. I have a feeling that if you have a more modest CPU or if you have those, I get at this point, last gen, but the, the more mainstream consoles, the PS4 and the Xbox One, uh, you're going to have those 
that those are just going to run. But if you have more modest PC hardware, you might need to scale it down, but you're going to want to make some visual quality adjustments if you need to, to get that crowd density as high as you can, because it really adds a ton to the game. Hmm. Nice. I'm excited. Do you think this will drive <laughs> hardware sales? I've been told by people all year they've been waiting to yep. upgrade to play Cyberpunk, and that's you know yep. the real twist of the knife about all these graphics cards not being for sale. Yep. So again, like we said when we were starting, I have a piece going up soon, just saying exactly that. Like, look, man, don't despair. Don't pay eight hundred dollars for a last gen graphics card. Just just try GeForce now. <laughs> yeah, that Same. makes sense. You you wouldn't recommend going out and buying a twenty series if you can find it. Then it just no. I would you, I would play stuff. GeForce now for a couple months. This game is long enough. There's enough stuff. Like you can mainline the story real quick from what I'm reading in the other reviews. But the real cool part about the story is uh, about this game is exploring the world and doing all the different side stories and connecting to the characters. All the side stories are really cool and awesome. Like, think about The Witcher. Some of the best stuff that happened in that game were side stories. So far, it's the same thing here for me. Uh, so, you know, if you pick this game up, you play it on GeForce Now for a couple months. By then, hopefully, more graphics cards will be available. You'll be good to go. And if you you can do GeForce Now for free, uh, and it boots you off every one hour, and you have to go back in. But if you pay five bucks a month for a Founders Edition subscription, it's called, uh, you get six hour time limits, and you can turn on ray tracing. So if you want to try it with ray tracing, GeForce Now is a you know great option as opposed to overpaying for last gen hardware. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I really enjoyed it. I, I woke up at nine o'clock Saturday morning. And I played till almost one o'clock in the next morning. <laughs> so I, I played it for like fifteen hours straight or something like that. Nice, nice. Uh, okay, then uh, we we got time to to do some uh, some general Q and A. Sure. All right, let's uh, let's switch it over. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can add me in the the chat, or uh, best place to put them is in Discord. We have a channel uh, that you can you can put in your your questions anytime. I'll read them on the show uh, once the next one hits. Uh, so we got we got some of those, but first I'm going to get to the YouTube chat ones that have kind of rolled in over time. Uh, Scorpio eight nine six asks. Can I use an NVIDIA 1650 with a 180-watt power supply? My CPU is a 65-watt part. I would think you, would you ha- could, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... I would, lo- I would maybe look at the specifications before... Or just try it, because it's not like it'll blow it up. It'll just not work. <laughs> yeah, I would guess if you actually have... Does this 1650 even require external power? or is it No, just it's all through the motherboard. Yeah, so you should be fine because the slots are designed to supply whatever you know the PCIe spec defines. So seventy-five watts, I think. I'm sure that's within the limit. If there's no external power connector for it, you should be fine. I don't know where in the world you have a sub two hundred watt power supply from, unless it, I mean. Sounds like it could be a pre-built, maybe. I didn't even know they got that small. In, I mean, that's like laptop power supply, so. Could be small form factor, like pre-built. Yeah. I what would, are the optiplexes like? That's pretty popular uh, for people to drop things into. Looking up, it looks like 300 watt is the minimum required. So right. it might not necessarily work, but 
Yeah. If you so, have it, give it a shot. I would, yeah, I would think you'd still, you know, it's always very, those are very conservative. So 300 watts, slots 75 watts. Your CPU is 65. I don't know who makes it, but yeah, you're not going to be running, as long as you're not running five hard drives and 64 gigs of RAM and, you know, 10 mm-hmm. million RGB lights. I, you're pushing it, but I would, I'd give it a shot, right? Yeah. Or try GeForce now. <laughs> And not a show. Yeah, I know. I I feel so bad. Have you done your disclaimer yet? (laughs) No, I'm not a show. Nvidia doesn't has no idea that I'm just going. Hey, you should try GeForce now. It's awesome. It's just I'm hearing from so many people who fully did plan on upgrading graphics cards this year for Cyberpunk or for other things, and they just can't. And that's just GeForce now is a very good PC centric streaming solution. So. Again, it's GeForce Now will probably give you better visual quality than a 1650, but you couldn't necessarily play all your games because it's a whitelist thing, but it's worth a shot. Uh, well, actually, we did get a good question over on Discord uh, just now. Um, Audi Kid says, uh, What do you need to have a good experience with GeForce Now? Uh, they have very minimum hardware requirements. Uh, they have it on their site. I don't know the specifics. Basically, you need a CPU that can keep up with the encoding, which if your computer can run Netflix, it basically can. Uh, and decent broadband internet. Uh, I just have Comcast, cheap-ass home internet, whatever the cheapest one is. That's what I have. Uh, and it works fine with GeForce Now. That's plugged in directly into the modem, however. Uh, if you're doing... Wi-Fi, you might need a decent router. I don't know, but it's very minimal. Yeah, yeah. I've run it even on Chromebooks. You can run it on Chrome, uh, Chrome OS on a. I ran it on a an Atom, I believe. It's been a few months, but you really is is essentially if if it can handle the decode stream. There's a few things that are a little bit of overhead, but it's it's it really doesn't take much. And it is, I don't want to sound like Brad, but it is pretty <laughs> Well, and l- luckily... It works. It works. Yeah, well, and luckily there's a, fr- a free tier. <clears throat> yeah. And, and you're not and buying games from them. You, it's, yeah. It plugs into games you already own. So just yeah. sign up for that free try or the free tier. Try it out. See if it works, it works. If you want to spend more money, yeah. go for it. But uh, that's... Yeah, that's 100% yeah. why I offer, why I say that so much. I'm not trying to be a shill. I'm just... That's that's the exact reason what Adam just said is the reason it's a good reason to try it out if you're in a bind. What about Stadia? What if I want to do Stadia? What right? about Stadia? Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, actually, they sent me... I'm a, one, Gordon. I'm a YouTube premium subscriber and they sent me a Stadia founders pack uh, for free or I could sign up for one. And I did. You know, it's it's free. So I got it in and I haven't really messed with it because I don't want to buy games on it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay for the, the service to get free games either. So, yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> they follow up with a question. Uh, they have all the components. Uh, Audi Kid is following up on the GeForce Now thing. <clears throat> Sorry. They have all the components for a PC build, uh, but they don't have a GPU uh, to run on a uh, with a 9900K. Uh, what GPU do you think you would recommend for... Uh, for cyberpunk like a, a, at least a, a a minimum and then maybe a recommended oh it's going to depend 100% on what your monitor is uh and what resolution you're looking to play at uh if you're interested in ray tracing i mean i would suggest a geforce graphics card so you can get into ray tracing and dlss uh 
And it's it's going to depend 100% based on what your resolution is. Uh, we have a guide to the best graphics cards on PCWorld.com that I still need to update with the 6900 XT at this point. But that'll give you a good guideline of what you're looking for. Because I break it down by 1080p, 1440p, 4K kind of a deal. So hmm. nice. you can find all your different options there. Nice. Sorry, that's a cop out of an answer. But it really it really does greatly depend on what you're trying to do with it. Do you think it's one of those deals? What those ninety nine, those three hundred twenty dollars ninety nine hundred Ks were just crazy good pricing. So yeah, oh yeah, that that was that was Black Friday was weird this year because of how things have been, you know, releasing in the hardware space. Never seen an Intel part go on sale for that much. Yeah, nice. Uh, we do have a, a wild uh, Steve Burke sighting in the uh, the YouTube chat. What's going on, Steve? Uh, Is that really him? I don't know. Maybe. He said it's the best show ever, so I'm going to believe him. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> a question from earlier, uh, Angel Ivanov asked, uh, what do you guys think was the percentage of wafers that AMD dedicated to the consoles that could have went to GPUs and CPUs for us PC builders? <laughs> A big one. You never, <laughs> you never, you're, you're never going <laughs> Consoles are guaranteed money and they need to sell before the holidays. So I would be surprised if a big chunk of that wafer allotment went to that. And after Christmas, we'll see it start to open up a little bit more. Yeah. It is what it is. There's only so much capacity like in the world. Like it's not just TSMC in AMD trying to do all these parts. It's, it's everybody's using TSMC and stuff like that. I mean, it, you got to go somewhere. And uh, my, my guess would be consoles got priority out of the gate because prior to this pandemic, you know, there wasn't this crazy demand for high end CPUs and GPUs. Like we're seeing now, every company you talk to says that, like, we want to sell you these things. We just, these high end parts have never sold like this before. So we weren't expecting this. So giving all that, I would suspect that, you know, the consoles are eating a big chunk of it. Yeah, I mean, just look at that eBay scalping thing, right? It was maybe 500 Radeons with, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, TSMC. 63,000 consoles with TSMC Mm -hmm. dies. Consoles are are huge. They are huge. So they ate a lot, I bet. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Friend of the show, Borea. Consoles are guaranteed money, too. Hmm. Yeah. A uh, friend of the show, Borea Zero, asks, uh, do we know if FreeSync works on a new G-Sync and G-Sync Ultimate display, not G-Sync compatible, uh, with an AMD GPU? I don't know off the bat. I don't know. My head I is always, can you read that again? Because I always, my brain yeah. when people say G-Sync <laughs> that many times yeah. so close together. Well, first up, G-Sync compatible. He's not talking about that. What he is asking is, uh, do we know if FreeSync works on a new G-Sync and G-Sync Ultimate display yet with AMD GPUs? G-Sync oh, like, Ultimate, no. Like monitors are included, like monitor manufacturers have, have are both, including compatibility for both. I, I, I know they plan. Asking? I know that that was planned to happen in the future. Like they're really? going to start to support that kind of thing, at least in some models. Yeah, but, but I mean, so I think it re- it's not the same module. I think it requires different. Right. I don't like think existing G Sync monitors will work with Radeon GPUs for FreeSync. 
like that's the yeah. thing that the monitor manufacturers are choosing to do in their monitors. It's not it's independent of the companies, I think. Well, but so you're you're saying I just because it my it's a little slow today. You're saying you're taking your Radeon, you want to plug it into number one monitor, a G Sync compatible monitor, which is just rebranded FreeSync, right? That will that should work. No, what they're saying basically, is, I think, so if I understand the question correctly, what they're asking is, have, like, are today's G-Sync, like, pure G-Sync monitors launching with additional compatibility for FreeSync as well? Uh, like, as so what we're saying is, are the monitor manufacturers themselves including both modules? So that well, if you're paying... A thousand plus dollars for a monitor, you're not locked into a single ecosystem. I really, Brad, have you heard yeah. that they're going to do that? Yeah. So here on TFT Central is the ones who broke the news uh, at the end of last year. There, I haven't heard any more about it, but the end of last year, we're starting to see G Sync panels, new G Sync panels that support the HDMI based variable, variable refresh rate, so adaptive sync. And so that's how you could get it to work with a Radeon graphics card, because FreeSync is basically just that adaptive sync over HDMI when you're talking about the HDMI. So if you have a, G, a relatively new G-Sync panel that supports variable refresh rates over HDMI, that should work with a Radeon graphics card, but that would take new hardware compared to what they used to make, so you'd take a relatively new G-Sync display, and I'm not sure if there's any actually out on the street yet or how widespread that is. But if you have a G-Sync panel that's a couple of years old, if you want to keep using Adaptive Sync with it, you're going to need a GeForce card. I'm looking forward to that. I hope it becomes more widespread. Because I think if you're spending that much money on a monitor, then, you know, the flexibility would be really good to have. That's what I always hated about G-Sync when it came out. Like, I love G-Sync. Like, even now, I still think... G-Sync offers enough to be worth the price premium. There's a reason that NVIDIA charges a premium for it. Uh, but it locks you in. It locked you in hardcore. If you bought one of those first G-Sync dis- uh, displays or any of them over the last few years, like it makes such a difference that you're basically locked into the G4 system, which is very, very clever on NVIDIA's part. But it sucks. Like If you bought a 1080 Ti and a G-Sync monitor a few years ago, and you're like, hey, I want to get this 6900 XT now, but then you wouldn't have Adaptive Sync. Yeah, at the same time, though, if because, I mean, there really was a lot more work that went into G-Sync with the module and certifying yeah. the panel and charging the vendors for that, all that kind of stuff. And if you're talking about a G-Sync Ultimate, that is like the highest end of the G-Sync stuff. I I would still argue that, yeah, it does not – even if you had the ability to run HDMI using, you know, a, you know, variable refresh, I would still argue – You've paid for this premium feature. The, the vendor, the panel maker has paid extra money to NVIDIA to, to make sure all the special logos are on there. And then you're going to go buy Radeon with it? You're, you're sort of using it wrong. You, know? you really should stay locked into G, GeForce with a G-Sync Ultimate because it's just, you're just not going to get all the value out of that panel that you've paid for. So why not just you know, suck it up and do a GeForce? I mean, that, that's just true right i i 100 agree more sense so yeah it especially would be nice to have that but i mean unless on. there's like a specific model that they really have their eyes on and they're willing to pay and 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 not use the features of it I'd... 
Yeah. Interesting. Um, David Richards had an interesting question. Uh, says, I can get a 9900K for $300. Is it worth it? Should I upgrade my 8700K to use with my 3080 uh, on a ultra-wide 3440 by 1440 monitor? Side note, they can also hand down that 8700K to their uh, their kid to replace an i3. Is it worth it? Oh. 300 bucks just to swap out that CPU. At, at- Three four forty ultra wide. He said yes. Uh, with a thirty eighty, probably not. Uh, at straight fourteen forty p. Now that I'm playing around with the V nine hundred X, I can tell you that if you're playing ultra fast, super optimized like Vulcan games, like Strange Brigade or Rainbow Six or Wolfenstein, uh, you can get bottlenecked by an overclocked eighty seven hundred K, even at ultra settings and super fast, well optimized games like that at fourteen forty p. But I'm not seeing that at ultra wide, and I. The 8700K is not bottlenecking you at 1343, that big ass ultra wide. <laughs> I can never say that resolution for some reason. It's a bread force. You just, you just don't like, uh, you don't like their child. You don't want their child to upgrade from an i3. That's what it's coming <laughs> Yeah. <from. laughs> wow. Wow, Brad. No, but no, I, I think you do have to consider that though. I know that honestly, 8700K to a 900K in the vast majority of games, you're not going to feel it at all. For the most part. Extra cores and threads, too. Extra cores and threads are nice if you're doing, you know, two extra cores is definitely nice. You get a little bit higher clocks. Definitely really higher clocks. Not worth it, but, you know, if you have to upgrade your kit anyway, so does the person take that whole 8700K and just hand the whole thing down? Is that the cheapest way to do it? it, And then build a whole new system? Sounds like they're talking about just the chip. You have to... Well, it would be just a chip because, so look, if you have somebody with an i3, same socket, 8700K, you can go from i3 to 8700K is a nice upgrade. Mm-hmm. $300 gets the kid a nice upgrade, gets you two more cores, not arguably more stuff. But the alternative, if you want to upgrade that kid, is to what? Buy a CPU for that socket, for that motherboard, or build a whole new system for yourself. And then what do you do with that? I And then you sort of have that kid's board and everything gets thrown away. I think it might make the most sense because yeah. $300, you're getting a steal. You upgrade your kid to 8700K. You're getting a 9900K. You're not buying any motherboard, all kinds of other stuff and coolers and whatever. So I, I think it might be worth it. But I would, I'm with Brad. I wouldn't do it for the game, for the frame rates. So Gordon yeah. likes his kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just think it may make the I, most... Must, I agree with everything Gordon value. just said. No, I mean, I fully agree. Most value, right? I fully agree. It, I also think if I were that kid, I'd be like, yeah, dad, do it. Like, oh, do my it. dad, you, you definitely want two extra cores. What are you talking about? Those, and those <laughs> I3s are, yeah, I mean, I3s are tough. And I'm going to imagine you have a 3080 now. You're old, you know, it's just I3s are, are tough. They work, but, you know, it'd be yeah, a nice that, upgrade. That's an older I3, so that'd be dual core still. Yeah. It would not, you know, it'd be a nice, nice upgrade. Be a nice so, upgrade. Yeah. It's basically three hundred dollars for, you know, you get a little bit more, probably not tangible, but your kid gets a lot more, and you don't have to go through all the rigmarole of swapping your board and all that stuff for a, a new ecosystem. If you went to Ryzen or something, if you could even get a Ryzen, right? So true, true. Yeah, hey. yeah, I agree, hundred percent with all that. It's not bottlenecking you. I got locked into the performance part, the whole situation. I agree with all that. Nice. I'm okay. just thinking like Elena here. I want the the value. 
Oh wait, sorry. What was this? Sorry, not dual core, four core, but only four threads. That's yeah, cool. it's it's pretty weak. Well, they, they didn't say specifically which i three, so I uh, maybe it's an older yeah older. Um, but uh, no cloud uh, earlier on Discord said, "What is the impact of any of having two displays active?" But only gaming on one. Does does having that second display, and, and I do this too. Sometimes I, I have a two dual setup here. Do you think that there's any performance impact for that one just sitting there? Uh, depends on how you're using it. If you do exclusive full screen for the panel that your game is on, that'll give it more performance than if you're doing windowed borderless. But it's not that much of a hit. And the experience of using windowed borderless, so you can just mouse over and do stuff on the second screen is so much better. Hmm. Uh, it, it's not worth worrying about. Okay. Yeah. That's a good question. I, something I, I never thought It about. is a good question. Yeah. Um, you might have just given me an article idea. Thank you for that. Boom, boom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Benato uh, is reposting an old question saying, uh, will we ever see another generation with the staying power of Sandy Bridge, Polaris, or Pascal with how fast new technology is developing? You know, I don't know if it really was the staying power and they were so good. It was just like it lasted. Or just we were just stuck in that trough of no new process, no new things. You could argue it wasn't that Sandy Bridge was so good, but I mean we really went to Ivy and we were just that incremental. I, I wouldn't say it was necessarily Sandy Bridge was that awesome, although it was awesome, but it just was slow moving on on Intel for years and years and years, right? I don't know about Polaris. Would you and do AMD? With, There's yeah. no competition, so uh, I think that. that Every, all these cards too, firing right? on all cylinders, I think, is, you know, good. All these cards still have same power. If you have a 1080 Ti, you're, you're going to be good with it still, if you don't mind playing at 1440p or 1080p. Uh, it's going to be the same deal three years from now with the 3080 that you have right now. So, Pascal, yes, it has good staying power. Part of that is because of just how terrible of an upgrade the 20 series was for traditional gaming. Uh, good, good cards, good CPUs are going to be good cards and CPUs for several years, just like they always have been. Except for content creation and DLSS. And Rachel. Sure. I'm, I'm still waiting, Brad. I, I heard a line earlier. This is, I wouldn't spend all that money in an old generation card. But. <laughs> <laughs> We talked about the three hundred dollar thirty eighty Ti last week, so I don't want to get into it. Don't, <laughs> don't wake the beast. Uh, yeah. Um, Ding dong. <laughs> Are you, sir? Would you like? <laughs> <laughs> it's Sunday. I I got this. New, I just got new shirt this idea. New Xbox. New shirt I just idea. Wanna... Gordon is a Jehovah's Witness. Can you let me just play here. I I just want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Well, what, let just, me just, just leave you this booklet. Yeah, let me let me set up in your living room and show you exactly how it uh, how it works. Uh, you know what? You should have a dinner I, party, invite a bunch of people over, so I can show everybody in the neighborhood. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Desmo in uh, in Discord says I've um, they are in a thirty seven hundred X. They've been they've been upgrading since the original Ryzen. Right now they are in a thirty seven hundred X with an X three seventy board, thirty two gigs of RAM, and a twenty eighty vanilla. They play at a 3440 by 1440, so ultra-wide, at 100 hertz right now. I'm pretty sure... 
Uh, I'm pretty sure they're at the end of that motherboard and they'll need to upgrade the CPU. Should they even bother trying to get one of the new GPUs? If so, which one should they be looking at? Um, actually, uh, I recently did an ultra-wide, that resolution that I can never say, benchmark piece on the 3060 Ti. And the 3060 Ti is equivalent to a 2080 Super. So you can go into that article and look and see how the 3060 Ti performs and say, hey, that's a 2080 Super, which is just a little bit faster than a 2080. So you can roughly equate it with that and take a peek and see how all the new modern gen cards stack up versus that. And you can make a choice from that. It still holds up pretty well for uh, ultra-wide. You still hit 60 frames per second, et cetera, et cetera, but the newer cards do get much faster. So, But it's pretty hard to justify going one gen to next gen, right? I mean, although this is a spectacular generation, but yeah, 2080 to 3080 would be very nice if you could get it. But Yeah, it'd be a big difference if you could get it and you're willing to spend that kind of money. But the 2080 should still be holding up fine, but you can do what I just said to try to figure out you know, the exact difference at that kind of monitor yourself. Decide if it's worth it for you. Okay, nice. A couple more fun questions and then uh, we'll get out of here. Uh, Dennis Siberian, friend of the show, asked, uh, does munching snacks while benchmarking reduce testing time? It's a good one. I don't (laughs) don't think people talk about that. What I actually do is chug diet Pepsis while benchmarking. And then once it's after five o'clock, I switch to PBR. (laughs) <laughs> Perfect. i saved my munching snacks for monday night football that's when i ate all the pretzels that vc jester sent along and i actually just found those since he sent those i found them show up for the first time in my local store oh, really the code and pretzels that's so timing. thank you vc jester maybe he flew them I'm out very there much himself. into that <laughs> i i have to say we just finished ours and i i have to go look for some now so <laughs> good <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, I I uh, I actually did notice in my Safeway here in Alameda has uh, has them as well. So yeah, yeah I, I, he, he I've never me. seen them before. Yeah, I mean, I, either I didn't I notice, them. or maybe they are doing a big push. I don't know. Um, either way, uh, I do. Side note: You talk about football. I played Brad in our IDG fantasy football league, <laughs> and you kicked my butt. Oh man, I don't know if you looked at the results, <laughs> Brad, huh. but. You, you wiped yeah, I have, <laughs> and thank you for your sacrifice and boosting me into the, the playoffs. So I appreciate oh, you doing God. that for me. I mean, luckily the person behind me <laughs> isn't going to win either, so I'm, I'm still going to be in the fl- playoffs, the top four, but just barely holding on to that four. <laughs> four <spot. laughs> oh man, you creamed me. Anyway, um, all right, last uh, fun one. Uh, our friend of the show, uh, Ziv, now known as Dracula. Uh, asks, no, don't, 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 don't out him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody knew. It's not a secret. Uh, fr- uh, French fries. All of us. French fries. Do you drizzle? Do you drench? Or do you dip? What's what's your go-to? What? Dip. Do you do you drizzle ketchup on it? Always dip. Do you drench drench it just like completely, or do you just take it and dip? Option D. None of the above. Do you yeah, just eat them would... straight with no sauce? Sometimes, if they're really good. Oh, yeah, if, like if they're good. Them, like, oh, when yeah. they're, if they're hot, like when they're hot with a bit of salt, it's so good. Yeah. The only McDonald's fries are that good. Mm. E. I actually go with E, which you did not include on the list, or uh, D, which is mari- uh, 
which is Elena's none of the above. I go with E, which is submerge, which you should have also had on that list. So it's like ultimate dipping. Well, because drench is pouring it on top. I'm talking about like you get like just nothing but that. You go to the in and out thing, and you're like, yeah. You like you open up the cup, and then you let you. Okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah. So then you have a tub of of ketchup in. It's submerged. (laughs) You you put the and then you just it's you submerge the fries in in ketchup. So that's that's the ballot uh, option. It's funny when I I'm a dipper, but I avoid ketchup. What do you yeah. then? Anything but ketchup. I'll dip it in ranch. I'll dip it in gravy. I'll dip it in barbecue sauce. I dip them in gravy sriracha. Mayo? <laughs> you put it in mayo? It was a good uh, I'm not a huge mayo fan, but I would. French fries and gravy sounds really familiar. That sounds really yeah. Yeah. That's, that would That was going to be my <laughs> F or whatever we're up to. Like, <laughs> not drench, but, you know, cover it in gravy with cheese curds and stuff like that. Good to go. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. McDonald's fries... They are, I had some because I went to go get the McRib. I got the fries <laughs> with it. It's yeah, they are tasted exactly the same as they always have. So I, I think they're really the gold standard for fries. Oh, uh, somebody in the chat says, uh, some guy in the chat says, uh, drench with vinegar. Yeah, the 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 UK way, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was funny. I was thinking about this uh, when I was a kid. I used to be the kid who would just who would take the fries and dump it on the tray, right? The little you know the paper on top of the tray, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then yeah, drizzle uh, ketchup on it. But yeah, now I'm I if if I do have ketchup or any anything, uh, then I'm I'm a dipper. So it's it's interesting that yeah, but I've changed. I don't like life. drizzling or drenching anymore because it t- turns the fries soggy. And yeah. so I like to, you know, you just dip it real quick, put it in your mouth, you get the crunch. And As you need it. Uh, also, follow-up question. I'm a question, big fan, so. Uh, follow-up question from Prison Corp. Uh, does Gordon dip his fries in the House of Prime Rib horseradish sauce? <laughs> See, that would be worth doing, but you don't get fries. At least I don't think I've ever had the fries option at the House of Prime Rib. Too classy a joint for that. Uh, yeah, Do you want to hear some gluttonous crap? potato. What? Of course. So there is a super nice restaurant in New Hampshire's capital city that when you can go to restaurants, I like to try to, my wife and I try to go out there on dates every now and again. It's a place where you can get real nice steaks and stuff like that. And they make their own garlic Parmesan fries. Uh, And they have uh, truffle butter that you're supposed to get it to put on the steak, but I actually buy it not to put on the steak, but to dunk the garlic Parmesan fries in the truffle butter. Yeah. And it's just utterly ludicrous, just a gigantic ball of fat and the tastiest thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Love so, it. yeah, dip your fries in butter. <laughs> Love it. And eat them, eat them as fast as you can. Uh, <laughs> sweet. All right. Uh, Lunchtime. Yeah. It, it, speaking of which, I'm actually pretty damn hungry. So, Gordon, get us the hell out of here. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, and also please leave a review. Every time you do, someone eats a prime rib at the House of Prime Rib in San Francisco. Send questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Adios, yo. Elaine Yee. Hi, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Next week, we have our best PC hardware of 2020 show. Show up. Always a good time. Very excited. This year's been uh, a crazy year, so I'm 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 excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so see you then. Gonna get ne- fierce. All right, bye.